And we're back. It's been a while. Hello. Been a while. You can say that again. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Guys, welcome to Sleeping on Sunday at the Gathering. My name's Dave Merrill, and I'm here with two other fine folks. If you're looking at Dave right now, you know he's forgotten we're on camera. Because <laughs> he's just going... <laughs> Oh, I, you down. told me it doesn't really matter. I thought we were just like having it. Well, we are being recorded. Uh, I mean, hi, if you're watching this, what's up, everybody? Hello, my name is Maddie. And there's Maddie and there's Jeff. <laughs> yes. Guys, it's, a it's been to be a while. Back. Yeah, it has been a while. We should maybe talk about why it's been like a hot minute. I think we should. That sounds good. Why has it been a hot minute? We've been kind of trying to regroup and make sure that when we came back, that it was with in- the thing. Right? That it was going to be. That's right. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that we were presenting what we intended. Yeah. And we've been in a lot of conversation about what it looks like to to take this platform and to continue making it better and to continue making it something that's effective and helpful and um, value adding. That's right. Having the conversations that everyone is having while not branching too far away from what we're talking about actually on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but making it a relevant conversation for anyone who could possibly listen. Maybe if you're not uh, enamored by the idea of listening to a sermon, yeah. how can we have the same conversation around a table? Yeah. So that's what Sleeping on Sunday is going forward. That's what it always has been, but we just kind of had to... Yeah, you know. it's like a more honest kind of space to talk about what we're talking about in church and hopefully invite you into the conversation as well right. um, and give you some space to be honest about where you're at too because I think especially when we're talking about just Jesus-y stuff, Mm. there's so many layers to that and there's so many conversations that are being had often outside of the church because people don't feel safe to fully show up in church and ask those questions. And so the hope is that this is that space where we can have that conversation and invite you into it. It would make Sleeping on Sunday a really good name. (laughs) 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 That's why we called it that, folks. And today we get super Jesus-y because today we're bringing it back with the conversation about Easter. Oh, baby. We are, yeah. as we're recording this, we are, what, a week and a half? Yeah. A week and a half it's away close. from so what some call Resurrection Sunday, what some call Easter. A lot of people, most people call Easter. Mm. Uh, and so we thought we'd just gab about that for a minute, talk about a whole bunch of different things. Um, yeah, I feel like this episode is going to be a little a little more conversational, a little less structured, just because there's so many things about Easter we can it's talk endless. about. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's the crux of everything. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, everything from, like, what does it mean? What does it mean if we say, like, hey, this is a literal story and we have to accept all of that? Well, right. that's, that's hard to swallow sometimes. And then what if, it, what if it's just a truth? Right. Wait, what are the implications of that? And then, like, hey, we a lot of people celebrate Easter, but do we misunderstand it along yeah. the way? And so um, I think if we just went there alone, we have more than enough time or more than enough content to cover the time that we have today. So, yeah. So I don't know, maybe to like (coughs) kick us off just out of curiosity, like what is, what does Easter mean to you guys? What does Easter mean to you? When you think about like this holiday coming up in a week and a half outside of the fact that, you know, we're working in a church, so it's like chaos getting ready for the celebration. Like what is the significance of Easter for you? What do you got, Jeff? Of course, come to me. Thanks. Well, yeah, uh, we've, Maddie and I have talked a lot already. So. You know, Easter is is, is a cool thing. Uh, we we talked about this not too long ago in a staff meeting that we were in um, about how, you know, without Easter, what it represents, the Christian faith is kind of like not what it's. The Christian faith is completely built around what Easter is: the resurrection of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, okay. dying, uh, and 
there's a lot to unpack that I've been taught all my life about it. Dying for your sins, blah, 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 that kind of right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you're like, mm, okay, it gets more complicated as you think about it more and more. Mm-hmm. As you um, mature and get older and you have the ability to think through yeah, <laughs> what right. we're talking about there. Right, for sure. Um, but I will say that, like, the story of Easter, without it, I don't know that Christianity holds up as a religion. Yeah, I think... I think I'm hoping that's where we land. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that's where we land today. Mm-hmm. Maddie, how about, oh, you asked us. Yeah. So I should respect that. Um, uh, I mean, it, my first initial thought is just the concept of new life. Yeah. And, you know, what What does it mean to experience new life? Is it just a feeling that I get because I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people on an Easter Sunday where they're like good music and a good message and like uplifting and I'm around family and friends and kids are, you know, chasing eggs and it just feels good? Is it a season? Um, but as I dig into like the story of it all, I have to like match those two things up and figure out, okay, what does it mean to have new life? And is it only, is it only because of that thing Jesus did? Or is that, when is that available? Like how how often should I feel that? Is it okay to have dead seasons? You know? Yeah. So that's, those are some of the initial thoughts that I have without getting too far into it. Yeah. I think that the, both of those, um, I resonate with a lot. I feel like my relationship to Easter um, changes almost yearly um, because I like I'm changing right, and what I believe is changing, and what I need out of Easter is changing. Um, and so I know, like last year, Easter took a really, really heavy, um, like embodied approach in my life. Like I needed to understand that Jesus was a person in a human body because we're living through this very real thing. Um, in the pandemic and just in life in general that's happening to people in their bodies. And there was just something about that connection that stuck out to me. Um, and this year, I think it's more of like finding myself in the story that feels really significant as like what I think I'll take away from Easter this year. Mm. Like, where do I, where do I typically fall in this and what is there to learn from um, in my own personal development? So when you say that you, I'm going back to last year because uh-huh. I read all the questions. You felt like it was embodiment was the the notion that you were chasing after. Mm-hmm. What did you, you feel like you walked away and learned that or were you looking for that as you were going into it? I don't think I knew that I was looking for that oh, okay. going into it, right? Like I think when I like sat down through Lent, it was like working through the Easter story and was thinking about, you know, you know, Jesus had to go through this whole process of <clears throat> death in order to get to resurrection and all of these really, violent things are happening to him and to his body. Mm. Um, And all of the characters and the variables that are at play in the process of that happening. And yet there's resurrection on the other side of it. And that's cool. So that just felt significant to me um, and continues to be significant um, because I learned to like integrate my spirituality to my like lived experience more and more. Yeah. I think that's cool. And this year you said, sorry, this year, I think it's more on seeing like, who are the characters oh, the in the story, the right? That's right. And like, mm. how how do I sometimes relate to each of them? Um, and what what did I learn when I'm looking through the eyes of that character in this process? And what is the resurrection for that character, maybe even outside of Jesus in that story? Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that actually gets me thinking about what I want out of Easter this year. And I mm-hmm. think that's, for me, like I need, I need the humanity of it. Mm-hmm. I think I understand the divine or I've been trained to understand the divine part of it. But what I really need is a tangible grasp of <laughs> what are the implications of it on my, on my life as I walk here on earth with my two legs on this rock that floats in space. Yeah. What is, what does that mean? And, and is the story true and how does, what, how, what do those true pieces mean? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 
do you have any you have anything that you're expecting at Easter or are you just kind of like I don't know waiting? man Easter you know I think a lot of people will probably agree with me where it's just like a tough time if you are at all questioning your faith Easter's just a weird it's a holiday weird story. yeah <laughs> it's really hard to get yeah and I will say another thing just I was thinking about this really quick because I want to make sure we mention this I think it's important as someone who is a worship leader was a worship leader a lot of my theology understanding around Easter or at least the resurrection, which is the same thing comes from like the blood songs, mm. you know, what can wash away my sin? Nothing with the blood of Jesus. So the mm. whole idea mm-hmm. of that kind of thing, um, spirit of the living God mm-hmm. fall fresh on me, which is like living God means Jesus rose again. Mm-hmm. So he's alive. So those are like a lot, you know, that's where a lot of it comes from for me as someone who connects with my faith a lot through music and lyrics of that, you know, so yeah. are, you, are you writing new songs? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But I think there is an interesting challenge there too, especially like you said, because so much of our faith is anchored around what we believe to be true about Easter. Yeah. Um, of being aware of what we're singing and what we're saying and what we communicate. Um, because there's some stuff that, you know, you end up singing and you're like, I don't actually, that feels uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I totally believe that. Right. Um, but that's in this song. So maybe I'm wrong because I'm struggling with it. And I, I don't know. I think there's a challenge there to just to be aware. That's actually really cool. I mean, this one's not about deconstruction. We've had that conversation already, but I think you're put, you're re- making me realize that a lot of, a lot of what I questioned was in, is in music. Yeah. The lines that we would say is like, Oh, it does not resonate. So that's cool. That, right. To think about it this Easter. I, I've never really taken that vantage point of Easter. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm, I, I think it would be cool to, uh, Maddie, I liked your approach as we were talking about this and, you know, taking some notes down as to what we could talk about is comparing the the literal story, which I yeah. think would be really important for, like, maybe we re- re- recap for anyone who may not know yeah. the story. Uh-huh. Um, and then, so what is the lim- what are the literal implications and, like, what do we take from that? And then go to the figurative, like, if this is just a truth, <laughs> what d- does is it full? Is it rich? Is it empty? Is there some something to take from both of them? Right. So we can start there. Yeah. Uh, but maybe like just a quick recap. Yeah. Why don't you just give the like, quick rundown of like, hey, there's a God. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's scripture about uh, a God who takes on flesh. Yeah. Right? Comes. Comes to us in human form. In human form. As a wee babe. As a wee babe. Divine. That's uh, Christmas. This is Christmas. Right. Lives a pretty pretty impressive sacrificial life of love. For about what? Amidst people for 30 years. 33 years. 33. And um, at the end of his story, he starts, he's been telling people along, hey, I'm not always going to be here. And then it it comes true. And this is like, goes back to like prophecy that's been told about this day for many, many years. And so then the day comes where, you know, the people, they make accusations on him and then they decide that he needs to be crucified. He, he dies on a cross, which is all the week leading up to Easter. And then he's put in a tomb. And then after three days, the tomb is empty. I'm maybe you haven't heard that story. Um, if you haven't, that's the gist. That Um, is major, major spark notes. Huge, huge, (laughs) quick, quick thing. We don't have time to read the whole thing. You can read four different stories about it. It's pretty impressive. Um, but if that's true, okay, let's just take that as like, Let's pick it up there, and maybe Maddie, you can break down just like one of the narratives of like what happens on that day with this. A rock is rolled away, and then people come visit. Yeah, yeah. Break that down for us, and then we can talk through like what does that mean. Oh man! So break break down like 
Well, what happens, right? So the next morning, there's, there's, so the next morning, right? Like the women go to the tomb to right. grieve, um, and they show up and they're prepared to grieve the death um, of this this man, right? That they had followed, that they had been learning from, um, and all of a sudden he's not there. But what I love, angels, angel, <laughs> right? Is um, he's not there, but they mistake Jesus for the gardener. That's true. Which yeah. I just think is really cool. Um, I just like love that part because if you think about you know, what it means to be grieving, how sometimes you're like in your own lane to where like Jesus literally shows up in the midst of your grief and you mistake Jesus for, for something else. else. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Jesus shows up and he's like, yo, don't freak out. I'm still here. Um, go tell people that I'm still here. And so they run back and there's this whole to do, right? Of people running back and forth, trying to verify that what they said was true. Um, and then, you know, one day Jesus, you know, shows up, just kind of materializes in the room That's right. um, where the disciples are, um, everyone but Thomas, poor Thomas. And they have this whole moment, get to hang out with him. Um, then Thomas shows back up after Jesus left and is like, y'all are insane. There's no way that that happened. <laughs> yeah. And so then Jesus has to come proof. back yeah. to hang out and to, to show Thomas that it happened. Um, yeah. Okay. That's it. So that's a nutshell. I love it that Thomas doubts. Oh it. yeah. Because in, and this is interesting. I'm going to go back to music again. We had a cantata growing up. Mm-hmm. If, you, if anyone even knows what that is, it's like the story of the, of the, of the crucifixion resurrection through music with narration and, and song with the choirs do it. And we had a cantata that the song was called, we all are Thomas, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me in a Baptist church that people are like, no, we We're all doubters. Doubt. Uh-huh. I'm like, Whoa. You yeah. know, I still think about that really lame song. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the thought that we all we all are Thomas. Yeah. I, poor Tom. I think Thomas gets such a bad rep. I like know. I think we're all a little little full of it when we say that if we walked in if I walked into this room right now and both of you said, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> Jesus was here." I know we watched him die 3 days ago. Yeah. Um but he just kind of showed up. We all got to like touch his hands and stuff. Yeah. Um funny story. And I then see. Ashton Kutcher jumps out right. because they're, you're, you're they're pumpkin they're pumpkin. Back in the day when Jeff and I so we had we were part of a oh, yeah. on one of our sites called Bar Church, but there was a time there was an evening where a gentleman walked in off the street. I'm not I'm not joking, am I? This is 100%. This guy had a robe on, he had a staff, he had long hair, very much resembled an American Jesus a white Jesus and he claimed he said hey I am Jesus and I'm here and I'm here to be among you and I've walked very far and so we kind of laughed yeah we laughed and you know we included him and invited him in and he stayed for a little bit and then he left and walked off um but but we were talking about this earlier today as a matter of fact about how like there's no way (laughs) there's no way we believe that claim and that's what it would have felt like back then it's like some guy enters the scene is like oh I'm I'm God Yep. Right, <laughs> I'm God, and you're like, oh, I don't know, and so that's why he gets accused and, and killed. Mm-hmm. But in order to believe this story, let's talk about this for a minute. In order to believe this story, you have to believe that a human dies, mm-hmm. and then a human <laughs> rises from the dead. Right, but angels are involved because there's mm-hmm. angels. There's like these like figures that they talk about. These light figures that show up in the, in the tomb. So there's angels. There's death. There's resurrection, which is the whole thing is about. Uh, and then and then you have to, he disappears. Like, right. He, you know, is it apparate? Is that what it's Harry Potter? <laughs> apparate. What's it? He just disappears. But he just disappears in the story, and that's kind of how it goes. And so like there's a lot to swallow if you're reading this at face value, mm-hmm. and and you hear all that, you're like, what? is this madness so we we need to address a little bit the fact that like 
as people who follow Jesus, like there's some craziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. some craziness to the story. Sure. And there's some very real discomfort. I think like giving like a little bit of permission to be uncomfortable with the story is also super helpful, right? Because that's a super weird thing and you like don't see it in our day-to-day lives. This is not a thing that's happening all the time. So it's hard to wrap your mind around the idea that this is a thing that actually happened. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And so I, I think right there is, I, I, I don't know if there's much to wrestle with, but without talking about the figurative as well, but like why do, why do we suppose or why do we think that that is how the story is portrayed? Mm. Like it isn't, isn't important that God, first of all, is human, that God dies and then that God comes back in order for this reality of new life to be a thing. Mm. I... <clears throat> So I do think that it's important, um, but I think it's important because of the part of Jesus that was human. In the same way that it was important for Jesus to be born into a human body, it was important for Jesus to come back in a human body. Um, Because even after the fact, like the disciples are encountering Jesus in their humanity. Um, And so there's something about like the representation of that continuing after. So like when Jesus shows up to the disciples and again, when he like comes back and has his interaction with Thomas, um, Jesus doesn't show up in like what we would deem perfect state, right? Like he still has all of the wounds, all of the markings, all of the scars. Holes in his hands. His life. Recognize him. Right. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, that's the part. Like he looks like. Yeah the life and the death that he had, but he's standing on the other side of resurrection. I think if Jesus would have came back in anything other than his human form um, in that body, I think it would have downplayed the significance of what happens in our bodies. A and B there's this really cool like moment between Thomas and Jesus where Thomas gets to like actually touch and see. And uh, I heard someone speak on it once and I just loved it that that was like Thomas validating Jesus's humanity as much as Jesus was validating their divinity right yes. that like thomas knew jesus as a person they like lived life together and thomas got to say like hey you were here after you went through that yeah. um and so i think all of that is really important that like this idea of literal coming back in that body like that matters to the crux of this idea <laughs> of resurrection um because <laughs> substance <laughs> yes. um but yeah, and without it the, the thing i'm thinking about is without that it's super mystical uh-huh. Like, it's just like, oh, the re- of course that happened because this was God. Without it being like a physical person or a, like mm-hmm. a, someone who walked on the earth, it's just like, oh, God did this thing. And then he's got some superpower that allows him to come back. Good for him. Yeah. What, how does it impact me? But the fact that we have a, a human who goes through this, who's filled, we, we call him human and divine. We believe mm-hmm. both those things. And so we believe he's filled with the divine love of God and he walks this earth. And so for him to go through that, it like like you're saying here, Maddie, is like it allows it to be true in us as well, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this, there's this uh, something that we can relate to that in our brokenness, in, with, with the holes in our hands and the messiness of life, mm-hmm. that experience of having, experiencing new life or being uh, finding our way to the other side of death, if you will, can be for us as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think um, a lot of what I notice is that we try to like separate our humanity from God as much as possible, even yes. though we like to celebrate the moments where it overlaps. And I think Jesus showing up in his body, like completely pushes back against that and says that like what you experience right now is us sitting here. Like it matters. Um, and there's like value to it and what happens on the other side, um, 
you can still like have a story to share with people when you kind of own, I guess, the markings of that life. Like I think all of that ends up really tying together. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. And then the flip side of all this is, okay, we don't buy, <laughs> we don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Right, let's, yeah. let's just let's take the other. We don't buy it. We don't buy the story. We don't buy that that event could have actually happened. That's probably just a story passed down from somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, there's something to be had from that story. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's just some kind of truth that's trying to be uh, expressed or shared with the world. And it was, you know, there's four different books at four different times that all accounted for this story. If that's the truth, I have a whole bunch of questions there. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why tell it that way? It's yeah. super dark, yes. super dark story. If if the idea is, I just want to express that there's a God out there who provides new life. Right. Kill your son. Yeah. Kill your human son mm. is is the way to go about doing that. Um, and so I'm curious. Do we have any like opinions around the table of like, hey, is there any significance to the idea of like killing your son off and bringing him back as like a good narrative? Mm. Right. Like. I can see how people would be like, no, of course not. I would never, mm-hmm. never sacrifice my children in order to like provide life for somebody else. Like it's mm-hmm. killing for killing to get new life. Yeah. I have some thoughts, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. I could tangent a little bit, so I don't want to jump into mine. Well, he seems to be pulling up scripture. So No, I was just looking to double check. Abraham, God wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son. That's right. And, just- and, and his only son, Isaac. And then I... I haven't read this in a long time. He gets to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to do it, God. And then he's like, JK, you don't have to do it. That's right. Which is really kind of also messed up to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like just testing you. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's weird that it's, it's in the old Testament and the new Testament, this thought of you need to sacrifice Mm -hmm. a son. Mm -hmm. You know, why is that? Why is God so obsessed with that? Yeah. Yeah. And is that, I mean, one of the questions that I've heard as well that I think is interesting to consider um, is the fact that, like, these are retellings, right, of someone's experience. And so is that someone's interpretation of that experience? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that someone interpreting God demanding the death, right? Um, Or is it something else? Because also this understanding of what happened at Easter, there's multiple ways of interpreting it, right? Like, it's not purely a transactional, like, Jesus died so that we get into heaven. There's a lot of other understandings around it too, as people begin to like unpack what Easter means. Um, <clears throat> so I think there's something there as well. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah, Jeff, I like that you point that out about old Testament, Abraham doing all that stuff. I, I, what I love about it is, is that it brings up the theme of sacrifice. We could land here for a second, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of sacrifice in order to uh, experience life, to experience love. Um, and, and what that might mean. I, what I think is cool is that this idea of sacrifice, it used to be seen as a payment so you can be in God's presence. Mm-hmm. Like you give a sacrifice so that God comes available to you. And in that story, like he stopped by God and said, hey, 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 I don't require that of you. Mm-hmm. So that's a theme all the way back at the beginning. That's in Genesis, right? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. back in Genesis. And so here in the New Testament with Jesus, here we have again where he's saying like, I, I have to offer a sacrifice. But this time... It's a payment that is, what the scripture says, is being offered on our behalf, saying like, hey, the actual, the, the actual way to life and love is to live this way, to love somebody so dearly that you would offer them yourself 
<laughs> offer them yourself. And I, I think that's really cool. And that's something that we have to cling to in the story is like, whether you believe the story or not, the idea of sacrificial love on the behalf of others is a way to new life. Mm. I, I can take that from this story, whether I, you know, take it at face yeah. value or not. Like that is, that is a truth that I have seen in my life just around me. Like when I offer myself on behalf of others, it usually leads to to, to, to life in that situation, that right. scenario, that season of my life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that that is, that is huge. And also kind of like what we had a conversation about this in another meeting that we were in the other day. Cause That's right. we talk about Easter a lot, a lot. as you're coming up on Easter. Um, but also like, what does it look like to experience suffering? Mm-hmm. Um, and to extend like unconditional love through suffering. Um, and to like come out on the other side of that as well. And and this idea of like love being made known at its most like full moments in that space, which I think someone else <clears throat> said better, but I also think that that is kind of um, a significant takeaway as well. It's like this manifestation of divine love through loving people through the worst versions of themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think it's beautiful. So we have sacrifice, we have suffering. The thing that we just talked about with Thomas, like there was a different take on that that we had earlier is like this idea that he came back with holes in his hands. I love it because it's in the midst of his, the messiness that this resurrection, this new life comes, which means for us, like, you know, the work of Christ, it was active in Jesus' life without doing away with any of the realities of his life. Yeah. Right. So the implications of the return or, or his return in Easter is like, it's not someday, like the resurrection was happening in the midst of real tangible life so it's here and now it's every day yeah um and so that was like another notion that you know we (laughs) we have to approach about easter for a lot of us easter is this day that we get dolled up for (laughs) and we actually come back to church we call you ceos everybody anybody that comes to only church and easter alone like that's that's the kind of like the insider talk for like oh yeah of course people come back to celebrate those major holidays people come back because they're significant traditionally Mm -hmm. to come together and celebrate those times but what's really a miss for me it's not that people don't come to church all the time that's not the miss the miss for me is that when when that becomes the narrative of like Easter becomes a tradition to learn about new life, we miss an ex- we miss the experience of saying that like this new life is for every single day. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's something that we can experience all the time. We don't have to just have this day where we celebrate it and we remember it, but it's truly, it could change your, it can change our lives when we embrace the notion that, uh, uh, because of what happened in this story that we're talking about, mm-hmm. It means, the implications are, it means that there's a God who's always been around from the beginning that wants to offer us new life and be in relationship with us right here, right now, without changing. Right. So I think it's cool. And, I mean, I think kind of like you said as well, the reality of just being a person um, is that you walk through many deaths every day. Mm. Like every single time you wake up and you do something a little bit different to be a better version of yourself that older version of you that you are leaving behind is a mini death, right? Every time you go through a life transition, every time you go through anything. And I think there's something about looking to this story and looking, like you said it, what example is set about how to move through a difficult thing and get to the other side of it and to continue inspiring with your story and continue moving forward. Um, that I think helps getting through day-to-day life also makes the story significant. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, and it leaves me with this final space. And Jeff, if you, I see you 
jot notes over there. If you got something, just you no, know, no, no, or you know, good. interrupt me. But this this leaves me in this place of like, there's got to be this middle ground, and I think we've already touched on it. This middle ground of we have this story, <laughs> we have this theme. They come together for this like beautiful <clears throat> uh, composition of hey, it is it is it important for Jesus to have done this mm-hmm. one, and so what is what does that mean? And I think we can talk about a little bit about the Christ and Jesus as human mm-hmm. in that. Um, yeah, I think we'll start there. So this idea that like Jesus as a human, if we can think about Jesus for a minute as a man, mm-hmm. as it's just a person, let's cut out the divine. I know some yeah. people get upset about that. Cut out the divine. <clears throat> but in order for this whole thing to have relevance to us, there's got to be, there's got to be, at least for me, there's got to be some truth to that. Like he was fully human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what does it mean for him to be fully human and yet divine? It means he was filled with something that, I think is what scripture is calling the Christ. You know, it's called the Christ where he's filled with this divine love of God for the world. He gives it to everyone he comes across in scripture. If you go read about it, it's all the outsiders. It's all the people that the inside club doesn't include. He's saying that it's here and now, if you just believe it, all you have to do is believe this. And so if there's this human who's filled with this love, who does, who, uh, and because of that, he's filled with that love, he comes back to life Mm -hmm. for him and for everyone that's a story where I'm, I start thinking, oh, mm-hmm. that's really powerful. <laughs> it's really powerful for me because that is God coming to us to say, like, listen, the payment's done. Like, I'm done with the payment plan. I'm done with the sacrifices. I'm done with the mounds and bringing up things to me and all of the stuff and mm-hmm. coming to the hillside. I'm, we're done with that. This, this is past. This, the story of Easter is, hey, I'm here. I'm now. I'm with you. And I conquer all of the stuff and the death. And you don't have to worry about payment anymore. You are just mine. <laughs> you are mine. Mm-hmm. You are with me. And I fill, I fill your life with the same Christ that was in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a cool story to me. Yeah. Because all of a sudden that makes me a, a Christian, a tiny Christ. It makes me mm-hmm. like, it, it makes me a human who's filled, who's able to be filled with the divinity of Christ and then move about in this world, offering that sacrificial love, knowing that it's, it will always provide life in the face of death. Mm. I think that's super cool. And that's a story I could follow to the end of time. That's the only way that I buy all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just went off on a rant. I'm sorry. It, no, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was. it was such a good one. I apologize. I was just like thinking about, like, man, it would be, it's so cool when those two things can come together. If you're someone who sees it figuratively, know that there's a truth at the other side of that. And then if you're someone who can take it literally and mm-hmm. like you read that story i want you to know that it's more than just the story it's a reality for you right and the truth that we experience now in this world today is not just because of that story it was in that story yeah uh, and it's we're still experiencing it as humans right now yeah i think that's like the the beautiful frustration that i i find mm-hmm. in easter um is that it is in that middle space um and that it is my need for it like the things that I get out of it changes and evolves as I do um mm. and so like there are some seasons where I need it to be more literal like I just need the reality of that to be a literal of thing. A God who is for you right and there are sometimes where like I you know the literal is kind of scary I think I just <laughs> need to cling to a couple truths um and I think it ebbs and flows and I think that there's some some value in the story to the fact that it is able to be flexible based off what you need in order for you to walk away with the knowledge that you are so deeply loved 
and valuable and a part of this bigger story that God chooses to come and to not only just like be in your life, but co-create heaven with you. Like, I think that that is uh, huge. I love that. And it, what it makes me think of is belief. There's like these versions of belief for that is like, there's a season, there are seasons for me too, where I just need to believe that there's a God out there who's fighting on the behalf of uh-huh. me and for of humanity. That's one form of belief. And then there's this other, I think about belief. There's this other half of belief where I'm like, man, I lost my thought. I, this, I, the, oh, there's belief that it's for me already. Yeah. That it already exists. That it's like, oh, like it, this is the belief that Jesus or the scripture talks about. Where, like you need to believe. Mm-hmm. The belief that it's, you don't have to believe necessarily that the story happened. You just need to believe that the love of God is already for you. That it's taken care of. Right. Yeah. So there's that form of belief where like I need God to provide for me. And then there's this other form of belief that like, oh, I've, it's already done. Yeah, it's done. It's finished. The Bible even says it's finished. (laughs) It's over. Um, So yeah, those different uh, vantage points of belief are are cool. What are you, what are you studying over there? What do you, you I'm just thinking about the fact that Jesus was fully human. Yeah. Like we've talked about fully man, fully human. And the idea that like, if you think, you know, if you look before Easter, before he rises, it's, it's before, and then it's before he's executed. Mm -hmm. He's talking, he goes to pray. And before he goes to pray, he tells some of his disciples, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sad. Yeah. Which is like, holy crap. He can be sad. Jesus was sad. Jesus had emotions. And then he goes to God and he says, please, uh, I don't want to die. Right. Take this suffering from me. Because that's the thing about the, res- or about the crucifixion is that it's not just like a quick thing. It's a giant day of torture. Right. And so he's knows he's, he knows he's in for it. And so the idea that Jesus is God or man and, and man, he still says, uh, I, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't want this, but I'm going to do it if it's your will. Right. And, uh, I would totally say the same thing. Well, half of that, I would say, I don't want this. Right. <laughs> the will part. I don't think like, I would pray that part. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but it expresses his humanity even more. That's right. Like we do say that part. <laughs> it's like, yeah. man, like I, I, I just some of this. Like some days I don't want to be sacrificial love for my kids, mm. right? Like it's like mm-hmm. I, there's just days where you're like I don't have it in me. I don't have that ability within me. And so like I love that he has those moments where even he's like, gosh, like if you can take this away from me, please do. Right. Please do. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like this is part of it. And thinking about we had talked about this in prayer as well. I think. Um, Omar mentioned this in his sermon, but the idea that Jesus is praying and so often Jesus prays and his prayers are answered like immediately. Right. But then Jesus has this huge one. That's like, yo, can you keep this horrific thing from happening to me? Yeah. And it still happens. And I think like the relationship that has to exist and the trust that exists between, you know, Jesus as human and God um, to say like, I'm going to be honest about the fact that I do not want to do this. And I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes away and prays. This is what I love about Jesus' humanity. He goes away and prays because he's sad. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to suffer. God doesn't seem to answer that prayer in that moment. He returns to find his disciples sleeping mm-hmm. and he gets pissed off. <laughs> <He does. laughs> I'm like, dude, he's yeah. got all these emotions that I'm like, I would be there. Yeah. And I'm just feeling that today for some reason. Thinking yeah. about it. Well, and what I love about that even more is I think um, when we talk about, feelings 
um, we have what we deem are good feelings and what we deem are bad feelings as though to feel a bad feeling is like, you know, a quote unquote sinful thing. Yep. And yet Jesus has a lot of what we would deem would be bad feelings going on mm. in that story. But because it's Jesus, I think that gives that sense of permission of like communicating those feelings in the midst of it's justified anger, suffering right. and death. Like that's an honest experience and that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and as we talk about like going through life, death and even resurrection, like you're going to feel a lot of those things. And there is value to being able to communicate them to God in a safe and honest way, knowing that like you're not doing anything wrong when you say this scenario sucks and I don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah. And it's in those very hands. <laughs> this is, the, this is a crazy part to me too. Every time I think of, it's in those hands of people like us and people like humanity in general who have these feelings of like, I don't want to, or I can, or I'm weak or whatever it is. We're weak. We're strong, all that stuff. But he puts the whole thing in our hands. Mm-hmm. Right when he goes away, he says, "And now you guys are going to go tell the whole world about yeah. this amazing love." Now it's in yeah. your hands. Now you get the spirit. Not Don't only, you want it? And through that spirit, <laughs> you're going to do crazier and greater things than I even did. Yep. Then coming back to life, like this is the part that I'm like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god!" Like this dude rose from the dead because of the divine love in him, and we're going to do even more amazing things than that. And that is a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Well, that pill, and <clears throat> I didn't even get to that part. I'm more so thinking about sitting in the room and being like, I don't want your spirit. (laughs) I just watched, I just watched everything that just happened and now you want to give it to me. Um, What does that mean exactly? Are you going to do like, uh, like Patrick Swayze jumping into Whoopi (laughs) Goldberg? (laughs) Make some pottery. Oh man. This show just went off the rails. That was a dated reference. It was. Uh, Come on. (laughs) Listen, you can always uh, count on me to go off the rails. There's a book <laughs> to the Colossians. And so that it's in the Bible. There's a book called Colossians. And one of the lines in it, I had to go look it up right now. It says, God wanted to make the glorious riches of his secret plan known among the Gentiles, which is, and listen to this, everybody, this is Christ living in you, the hope of glory. So God, mm. so Jesus leaves and, and says, hey, I'm going to do greater things in you. And then later on, we find out that God's secret plan is this idea of the Christ that lived in Jesus and brought him back to life. And he says, we're going to do greater things actually lives in you. So that same Christ, there's only one, lives inside of you. And we, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is, we could break this down for a whole nother episode, are the hope of glory to come. Right. And so it's just knowing that like there is significance to our life and how we live it. There is significance because of Easter that if we can live out this, this uh, life of sacrificial love for others, we are making the world, if nothing else, a better place. Right. We're filling it with what God's intent, what, however you want to understand it, if it's just love's intention or God's intention or the spirit's intention, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, there's this plan that brings us all together and unites us through this divine thing that is supposedly living inside of us. Yeah. I think that's really compelling and a, a, a really good cause to live for. So, yeah, I love that. My goodness. So I think in all of that, right. Cause there's a lot, there was that, a lot in that. A lot in that. Um, I think in, you know, wrap up conclusion, Easter is a big holiday. It's a weird holiday. <laughs> it is a weird one. There's a lot of stuff that feels easy to get behind, a lot of stuff that feels hard to get behind. The main thing, I think, for me, is recognizing that it's okay to be unsure about where we, we fall in. Is this fully literal? Is this for fully hypothetical? Do I have to fall somewhere in the middle? I think that it's okay to like wrestle with that. Um, Cause I think the more you wrestle with something, the more it means that you're engaging it. Um, and 
in all of this that there is an anchoring hope um, of life on the other side of death mm. that is very real for each yeah. of us yes. every single day. Makes me think of the afterlife, which is a different episode. And you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. Um, we have the privilege of working on this staff and getting to talk to each other about this kind of stuff all the time. We recognize that that's not a reality for everybody. Right. But you can, and we're not just doing this to build our audience. You can follow. We're talking about this stuff all the time on our social feeds. And uh, we actually have a mailer that goes out now. So if you go look up gathering underscore now on Instagram, we give access to thoughts on this, quotes on this, sometimes because of Maddie trends on this, which I don't fully understand, but I think it's wonderful (laughs) that all link to a blog where, or, you know, a a, a link that you can sign up to get this kind of stuff in your inbox every Mm -hmm. single day. So we hope you guys will do that. We hope you guys join this conversation with us. We're not done talking. Um, Easter, as we just said, is an everyday thing. It'll probably have implications on everything we talk about. And we want you guys to come along because it's just fun to figure out what life's all about. Love it. All right, guys. See ya. Happy Thanks Easter, for, Happy Easter, everybody. We'll see you there. Oh, you can join us. Yeah. At Easter. Before yeah. we go, gatheringnow.org. You can get all the details.